I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello here and welcome to the Husker Online post-game live show. Sean Callahan, Robin Washett, Steve Sipple. We are all back in the Husker Online post-game office, guys. Huskers win 38-17. Um, it, it was obviously far from perfect. In fact, I think we were a little worried about how the show was going to go tonight, Sip and Robin, as we uh, sit here. And, and we are, we are uh, drinking our post-game. Robin's got one, too. We're drinking a, a post-game uh, office beer here but huskers get done 38 17 uh boy that that was uncomfortable it sure was uh and you know you go back to just that feeling at halftime you know you you kind of say that jokingly you know, we were having some conversations about whether like do we realistically need to be on coach firing watch at this point and <laughs> at halftime at halftime of that game i mean nebraska would have lost at home in their in their home opener against an fcs opponent for the first time in program history to fall to zero and two that would probably be a real conversation, but Nebraska figured it out. Uh, it was even kind of a rough third quarter, but they were able to do what they should have been doing all along, establish a line of scrimmage, uh, you know, win the trenches up front and take the game over with their running game. But it was far too uncomfortable than anyone wanted, but in the end, they, they did what they needed well, yeah, to do. Yeah, I let's guess. be specific here. I don't think they took it over until 635 remained. Yeah. I mean, that's when they scored the last touchdown. So Trey Palmer caught that big pass, yeah. that 31-yard pass on uh, third and third and 14 as Nebraska was back down at its seven. Yeah. And then Nebraska ran on. They were only up a touchdown at that point. It was, yes, 24 to 17. Nebraska was, yeah, Nebraska was ahead 24-17. Think about it. Think about what we're talking about. They were up 24 to 17 in the shadow of its end zone on third and 14. Palmer goes up and gets that ball for 31-yard catch. Now they got some relief. And then the seven of the next eight plays, they ran the ball. And A.J. Allen, four straight carries late in that drive, the last one being a touchdown. Now that's 635 left, and they're up 31 to 17. That's the, that's when they got breathing room, real right, breathing. Right. It took them. The Trey Palmer catch, yeah, yeah. if that doesn't happen. It, it's a, it's I, a, I, I, the game's anybody's at that point. I mean, it, yeah, it took them literally till six thirty-five remain to subdue North Dakota. North Dakota. Yeah. Hello. Welcome here to the Husker <laughs> Online uh, post-game live show. If you're just joining us, uh, welcome. Uh, we are the new Husker Online. We're on our new home on Three Sports. Steve yeah. Sipple, now part of the staff, joining us here. We're we'll gonna be doing this. Hopefully, every game, uh, night games might be a little dicey. <laughs> I don't know if we, but we we might make yeah. them work. Um, but Couple 1 a.m. shows uh, we're, we're going to try to do a lot of these after games this year because we want to deal with you. We want to talk to the fans. Uh, you guys are going to deal with you. You guys But applicable. If you haven't check out Husker online, um, we just moved to on three. We've got a deal for all Nebraska fans. One dollar, one year. You get Steve Sipple, you get Robin Washup, myself, our entire team. 
we're so confident in the product that we're going to give it to you the first year for one dollar um get on there read our post game coverage simple your column is up yeah. and i know a lot of people have lived on reading that steve simple post game column if you want to read that it's on huskarline.com right yeah it is um and i and i basically what i wrote was i mean the final score optically is pretty good and the second half was pretty good i mean nebraska played pretty well in the second half but it's probably not enough to calm the anxiety no, not that was at created all. in the first half right and even in a little bit in the second half i mean nebraska once again gets up like it did against northwestern in the second half and couldn't it couldn't close the door right, right. um they came out strong they they both the mark games. whipple opening scripts have been good yeah the scripts like robin was saying during the game <laughs> they're, they're good on script it's once they get off script that's when you can now i didn't read script. you but was that the mark whipple or scott frost opening script I in the in the third quarter I didn't, I didn't Sean. That's the question. That, I mean, that, my boss now, and I, I didn't address that, so we'll have to address. That I, I'm I'm working on mine. I'm I'm like 95 percent done with my thing, and I I just said Frost wanted no part of the discussion. That, yeah, Frost would not go there. Frost he shut it down before the question was even being finished. Yeah, being asked. I think he had a heads up or knew that that narrative. Well, because he had a play sheet, and in Ireland, that play sheet was in his back pocket. Yeah. Yeah. There were a lot of sleuths that picked that up mid-game, too. That second half, he was firmly into that play sheet, whereas before in Ireland, you know, I think he was a little bit uh, more passive with that. Well, run the ball guys happy, though, right now, right? Have to be. Nebraska. So Nebraska change the game. The ball guys. The fact, they actually ran I mean, the Let's football. talk about Anthony Grant. Yeah, they leaned on. They You're, leaned on Grant, and they leaned on A.J. AJ Allen, too. Yeah. Like, that little jump cut move that like Anthony – Well, He looked like Amir Abdullah. You can't coach that. Easy. Yeah, Amir, Amir might come here. The closest thing we've seen to Amir Abdullah since Amir. Amir Abdullah is still mad at you for calling him a small back. Yeah, I asked him if he could run between the tackles when he was a sophomore. <laughs> and, he said, and he looked at me and said, why would you ask that? It's like, do you know how much I squat? <laughs> anyway, okay, yeah, Frost even said, don't crown Anthony Grant quite yet. We don't, we don't need to clear a space in the Hall of Fame for him quite yet. Um, but he's, yeah, I like him. I, you like his jump cut. I like his toughness. Yeah. I think I think his – I think you – with Anthony Grant as a running back, you start with this toughness. Yeah. He's just a tough dude. I mean, he does not go down easy. He fight, He What I like is he fights for every – He yard. runs angry. Yeah, he, he runs like does. a guy that's literally – you know, think about his life. He's lost both his parents mm -hmm. over his years in college. Mm -hmm. He's got, He's gone from Florida State where they pushed him out of there, mm -hmm. went to Garden City where he, he had to leave for an incident mm -hmm. that happened there that kind of really was debatable. Mm -hmm. And then he had to go to Roswell, New Mexico. Mm, that's I mean, beautiful, Roswell. Think, think how – I mean, it's big football. Think about the emotions, <laughs> though, of Anthony Grant. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like he, with his parents over his career, both passing and – um, you know, mm -hmm. going from Roswell, New Mexico to being the DeAndre Jackson backup plan. Mm -hmm. And DeAndre Think Jackson, by the way, wasn't even eligible. Mm -hmm. And I'll never forget, like, we, Parker Gabriel and I are a former colleague, and Parker, you're watching. I hope you're doing a great job in Denver. Uh, we lost an entire Saturday over reporting that DeAndre, DeAndre Jackson, who is who's ultimately ineligible academically, right? And that's who they wanted, and then he didn't make it, and they took Anthony Grant on that same weekend. Backup plan. 
And then Anthony Grant showed up on Monday. What did the backup plan do today? What did he run? The backup plan looked pretty good today, didn't he? For 189, is that right? Yeah. 189, two touchdowns, 23 carries. 8.3 carry. Yeah. You know, he had a big, another big long run, 46 yard touchdown run. And AJ Allen, AJ Allen is the backup running back. No, no How about question. that? Eleven carries. It's one two. Yeah, eleven carries. Uh, and no one, no other back got more than one. That was Gabe Irvin when they inexplicably put him in there in the second half after they seemed like they finally got something going, and the drive immediately stalled. So uh, yeah, there's there's no question about that anymore. That that running that? back rotation is solidified. How about that? Because now we we should stop there for a second. None of us called AJ Allen number no. two. Well, because they kept all. they kept it pretty close to the. Well, best. I know, but I mean, I didn't see it coming. They hinted, but they really pushed Gabe Irvin and Ramir Johnson to the point where the head coach almost feels like you can tell he feels bad. Yeah. Like, and then did you see Ramir Johnson's post game tweet? Uh-uh. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's like a, a gif, gif, whatever you want to call it, of a dog looking through bars of a cage. Really? <laughs> no, no other comment. Hey, just, listen, just now here's game. the deal. When they were going well, I mean, I used to have those conversations with Ron Brown all the time, who was a running backs coach when Amir was here. And he would, you know, they were winning. And there was a lot of the issues in his room, in his running back room, they never came to light, but they were there. Oh, yeah. And there was, I don't know if it was Twitter active. I suppose it was a little bit, not like it is now, um, when Ron Brown was coaching running backs. Um, yeah. He'd tell me all the time, oh, it's tough. When you have five or six guys in a room, at running back, they all want the ball. That hasn't gone. That'll never go away. So it is what it is. You know, it's, it's, you just got to hope you're winning, and it, and it kind of sorts itself out. Yeah, and in today's era of the transfer portal, you're never going to keep everyone happy. Yeah. Guys are going to leave, and you have to accept that fact and find out who your main pieces are mm-hmm. and ride those pieces. Because uh, if you try to keep everybody happy, you're never going to establish any sort of identity. Well, they have a number one running back. That's the thing. And he's earned He's earned it. Absolutely. I, I mean, no here's, question. The thing. here's the thing. He earned it in the spring, and then he earned it in August, and now he's taken it into the, the games, right? Anthony Grant. Now, A.J. Allen, he that's a good angular runner. I mean, I didn't. he, he runs well between the tackles for a young kid. What they build him as – because he was their best open field runner. Now, he's a good open field runner, but I like him between the tackles, too. Yeah. He knifes through there exactly. really well. Knife's the word yeah. that I was thinking of. I mean, he's yeah. he's not the most powerful guy, but he finds Knife. the seam and he hits it hard. Yeah. He gets positive yardage almost every Natural time he runs ability. it. Exactly. Oh, he's got a lot of that. Yeah. All right, well, that leads us. We have our players of the game, and um, we have three players of the game. Um, we'll start first. We've been talking about Anthony Grant, uh, first player of the game for Nebraska today. Uh, maybe one of the more complete running back games we've seen in the Scott Frost era. I know Dedrick Mills had a couple. Divine. Divine had a few. Um, but it was a desperate – I mean, they had, to run the, they had to run the ball to get this thing going. He gets our MVP number one. Um, our other player of the game on offense, Trey Palmer, um, his catch that he made, you know, changed the game. Yeah, and that was not an easy catch. Third and 13 – Third and 14. 14. Third and yeah. 14 from on, their own on seven. seven. Up a touchdown. Up a touchdown. Now you're punting it away maybe out of your end zone. And they're getting uh, the ball to tie it up at that point. Yeah. Yeah, so he goes up and makes a, a tough catch over the DB. I mean, that's just a big-time play. It's a clutch play. And then our other, can't say enough about it. Our other player of the game, Garrett Nelson, uh, we don't have a graphic on him, but Garrett Nelson – um, with that strip sack fumble. Oh, huge. I mean, yeah. those were the plays. They that, needed a shot. Those 
three players and plays, right? Those moments you talk, that that changed this whole game. I mean, we, we might, like I said, be talking about something different right now if not for that. Yeah, that's that's what I wrote about in our our five things that we learned was you know it's amazing when your best players make the biggest plays. And that's what happened for Nebraska tonight or today, where uh, when they needed it the most, their top players rose the equa- the occasion. Uh, yeah. Anthony Grant stepped up, big-time runs, especially late. Uh, Trey Palmer, that catch, that changed the entire course of the game. Garrett Nelson finally made an impact play on defense and forced a turnover, got to the quarterback. It's amazing what happens when you put pressure on the quarterback. It disrupts everything uh, with the flow offensively. So, I mean, you, you just go down the list. And O'Shawn got a sack. O'Shawn got a O'Shawn sack. O'Shawn Mathis. Yeah. First sack. Yeah. I mean, Marcus Buford made that breakup in the end zone. That Big. It was a four-point breakup. Big. It turned a touchdown into a field goal. So, uh, those are the types of plays that add up. And Nebraska didn't get nearly enough of those between the second half against Northwestern and the first half today, and they finally got him in the second half later this afternoon. Hi, it's Sean Callahan with Husker Online. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones and see what we find. Learn more at uscellular.com slash built for us. And guys, if you have questions, we get, we're getting a lot of comments, a lot of questions. Uh, got 100, about 120 people watching us live as we speak. Um, Fireman, uh, our producer Trey, uh, will get some of those comments and questions here on the screen. We want to work you guys into the show as well as uh, we're going to try to do this almost every week after every game night games could be a little different, but um, we want to do these post game shows because we think it's a lot of fun. Uh, number one for us to get a chance to talk about the game. We, we get so busy writing our articles after the game. You know, you don't even get to talk about the game. Well, here we are doing this and yeah, we got to do it with nice. you guys. So yeah. this is, this is a lot of fun. Um, and remember if you're Husker online, uh, new to our site, check us out. We've got a great offer for all Nebraska fans. You can get Husker online uh, $1 for the year. Um, Steve Sipple has joined our staff. We moved over to the on three sports network and we've got a great offer here for all Nebraska fans. Um, so make sure you check that out. Now, Trey, do we have the stats? We're going to pull some stats up here as well and graphics, uh, from the game today. Go. Here we go. Um, so bre- break it down. Sip. What do you see there? Well, uh, I mean, the rushing yards jumps out at you. Nebraska rushing yards, 244. It's a good number. Now three rushing touchdowns is a good number. No, why? I mean, the, the offensive line's been under fire, and it didn't play well against Northwestern, and it didn't move people very well in the first half of this game. Now, if you're those guys, those five guys, you know, you're Prohaska, Ben Hart, Bando, Hickson, Corcoran. Now, this should give you confidence, even though it's against an FCS foe. I mean, what you did in the second half was pretty much dominate late, late. I mean, when you needed, when they needed you, you were there. And they, they, that should give them confidence. Um, so that's the big thing. And, and, and you know what? It does. It's meaningful that Nebraska has found its running back rotation at the top. Right. right. We don't, no, that's not a question mark. There's no, no question mark there. Absolutely. There's not. no question mark at running back. You know who the principal receivers are. Um, and the offensive line, remember, guys, that's a group that's just playing together for the first time. Yeah. We, maybe we should have shown them a little more grace, and maybe they take this momentum into Georgia Southern. Well, not only are they playing together for the first time, you got guys that are barely even playing their first games uh, at this level. I mean, 
people paper Hoskins has only played what is this, like his sixth or seventh game maybe sixth game yeah or fourth or fourth whatever Might it is uh yeah, yeah. yeah i mean coming off a major knee and he's still extremely inexperienced and that's your starting left tackle right there you got turner corcoran's playing a brand new position yeah. trent hickson's only got a handful of games under his belt and obviously brock bando is very new to this level of playing time and then yeah, for, this playing time now hickson is play, he's had a lot of stars he's been around not as a too. center though not as yeah a center. yeah so i mean what i'm saying is you got a a mixed match group yeah. that is trying to gel as a unit while also some individual pieces that are still getting their feet wet and yeah, so that's exactly it right. shouldn't be that surprising that they've struggled the way that they have especially you know in, the, in that northwestern game getting thrown right into the fire against a conference opponent you know that that's setting themselves up for a, for a tall task. But, um, you know, I think offensively too, you got to think about the skill position players. Casey Thompson made a really interesting comment during that post game where you go back to that Northwestern game. He threw that touchdown to Isaiah Garcia Castaneda. He said he didn't even know that Garcia Castaneda was on the field because he had never thrown that route to Garcia Castaneda ever. I didn't know Garcia Castaneda didn't have a ball thrown his way today. Not a single target. Yeah. That's interesting. So what Casey's point was, They've added 43 players since January to the roster. Now think about that. I just what, what I just say. They have they added Nebraska added 43 players to the roster since January. So what Casey's point was, we're all getting used to each other. A yeah. lot of us. I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot, and you know what? All over the country that's happening. Mm-hmm. Right? It's gonna be like this every year. A lot of places it's gonna be like that. Yep. Yeah. All right, I gotta show you one picture. This is uh from our House Carolina office. Uh old uh, Anthony Grant. Oh there wow! Again, there's the smile. That's that's the big smile, and and those are my two daughters. So we had to do an interview with Anthony uh, up here um, before and during training camp, and my two daughters had to come with me, and he he gladly said, "Let's get a picture." And uh, just a great guy. Happy again yeah. for Anthony Grant today. Yeah, you really like him, Sean. You, you got a soft spot for Anthony. Well, just because he's you been dealt bad cards, and nobody really wanted him, mm-hmm. you know, and even Nebraska, like. They didn't have a running backs coach when they took him. It was Steve Cooper, the offensive analyst that had a connection to him mm-hmm. from his old coaching days. And he had to basically stand on a table to get this guy. And it took DeAndre Jackson, who was connected to Sean Becton through a high school recruiting relationship to fall through. Um, and that's how recruiting goes. As you know, coaches want their guys. Yeah. And there wasn't a running backs coach. Um, so all of a sudden, Brian Applewhite looks like a pretty good coach today because he brought A.J. Allen here. And he's developed Anthony Grant, right? And the guys that were on the field last year aren't even really a part of the conversation. They they talk, you know. You, you I you, I can see why you think Anthony's an appealing character. He's lost, you know, like you say, he's lost both his parents. But what do those guys always say over there? He smiles all the time. Mm-hmm. He's, a, he's a like see that smile. It's a great photo to show because that's 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 who he is. Um, so it is a great story. You feel great for him. All right, let's transition to the defense because. Uh. Yeah, we have to go there. Um, And that, of all the things I thought that were going to be steady this year, I thought the defensive play going into the year, like, all right, this will be a solid unit. They'll be schemed. They'll be, this is a coaching staff in their fifth year, but they just haven't had a a real rhythm in, you know, these three man rushes on obvious passing downs weren't getting home. And, and, you know, they were picking apart the zones a little bit today. It, It just didn't, didn't have a great flow, especially, for three quarters of that game. Yeah. And you know, the, the inability to get off the field is that's a real problem. Right. Uh, I mean, that lost in the game against Northwestern in a lot of ways. And then, you know, the first half when you're on the field for 21 minutes and a lot of that is just because going to get off North Dakota's doing whatever they want. They convert, converted three 
third downs and a fourth down mm-hmm. in the first half alone. Uh, I mean, they're lucky that that game was only 7-7 at the break because North Dakota had, had some crippling penalties that killed some drives yeah. that uh, could have made that a, uh, a deficit going into the break. And then who knows how they respond from that. So, you know, they they too have a lot of work to do. And oh, there's yeah. some really glaring concerns there because pieces of that defense that we thought were going to be no brainers, you know, particularly, you know, I look at the inside linebacker position. Uh, I look at the defensive line. Um, they've really been problematic. Uh, I don't know that it means the lack of pass rush, the missed tackles, some of the, the missed assignments we've seen in the run game. Um, you know, there's some, some real glaring issues through two games now that if they don't get corrected quickly, they're going to be in for a world of hurt here down the road. Well, and Nick Henrich is out with, and you saw the cast on his hand. I mean, that, in that, the pregame, it's a pretty heavy cast. Yeah. yeah, he doesn't have his hand wrapped. It's a cast. No, it's a full blown. I mean, if they yeah, get him yeah. back for Oklahoma, is he going to be able to fully use that hand and grip? I mean, you saw now. Okay, well, first of all, we got to address the missed tackles. There, it was a, it was a, it was another sort of like epidemic in the first half. Yeah. It got now better. They, they, yeah, they they cleaned that up in the second half yeah. to a large degree. But it was a full – I mean, it was getting close to a full-blown That 63-yarder. I mean, you could make the case there was a missed tackle on that one, but then also missed assignments, Oh uh, yeah, angles. Yeah, oh, the 63-yarder. Reimer got a hand on him or an arm on him, but yeah, I don't know if that's necessarily all his fault on that they, one. They were better in the second half. And they, did, and they, made, they made plays, like you said, Rob. Um, it's just confusing. And you, you saw you know, the other thing you saw, you guys, I'm, I was impressed by how closely you guys watched the game. I don't always do that. Um, <laughs> the, I, uh, I, but you guys noticed pre-snap, they look confused a lot of the time. Yeah. And was, I don't know, that might be inexperienced at inside linebacker because they played, they started in his house with yep. a true freshman. Yep. And it looked like they, at times, they're just telling him, you got to do this, you got to do this. Now, here's the good thing for next week. Georgia Southern played today. So they will at least have a full tape of this season to watch Georgia Southern. I, I don't know. I, there's different ways to look at that. I thought Nebraska would have an advantage today having played a game. One game. Yeah, having a game under its belt. So I, there's different ways to look at that one, right? Yeah. Well, and we said in the pregame, like, they should be able to block a punt just because of that advantage of having a game under their belt. And they got a piece of one. Jab and right. Buddha. Yeah, Jab and right. 6'5", laid that big six foot five frame. He talked there. post-game, I think, in the hall. In he? the hallway. Did yeah, he? we have it's so check out our Husker Line uh, video page here. We've got video of Jab and Wright and all the players in the post-game conference. Uh, and also make sure you like, subscribe our page here. We've got about twenty-seven thousand followers already, subscribers on the Husker Online YouTube channel. Uh want to keep growing that thing. It's uh the largest YouTube channel of Husker fans on the internet. We want to make it bigger. Uh so make sure you join and uh thank you again for watching our post-game show. Um, but guys, yeah, the the defense, you know, it's just scary to think when you start seeing these teams later in the schedule. Yeah, I agree. And so you, you got another opportunity to try to clean some of these things up. Um, for me, it's more just the, the discipline stuff of getting lined up right, knowing where you're supposed to go, Being taking the gaps. proper angles. I mean, those things are correctable. I mean, there's one thing about, That's true. Uh, you know, just a, a pure talent issue. That's not really the, the problem here. It's Ooh, yeah. In spots, I think. In some be. some cases, it wasn't today. I mean, they no, were they no. were the better they were the better team. They were the better players, but for a good chunk of that game, they didn't play like it. Right. And they looked they were getting pushed around and uh, missing easy tackles and not being able to get off the field to be on the field for twenty minutes of thirty of a thirty minute half. Andy makes a great observation here. Phelan Sanford got a lot of playing time on the obvious passing downs at safety. So yeah. 
maybe that's a credit to him, but you also got to wonder what, you know, where's the Deshaun Singleton or uh, yeah, that's a good point. Kalarvich looked all right Brown. when he came Omar in, Brown. didn't he? Kalarvich played all right when he got held his own. Held his own. Yeah. They had to yeah. go to the uh, former okay. Missouri Valley player against the Missouri Valley. <laughs> yeah, Kolarovic played. So for- yeah, you're, so you're talking <laughs> about Chris Kolarovic. They they played him an inside linebacker. Yeah, which is not the, that wasn't the plan going in. It would be. I mean, they played him obviously because Luke Reimer's healthy, but Nick Hendricks is not. So so they started Hausman. Hausman, I would say. Uh, I'll sh- we got to show him grace. He's a true freshman. But he struggled early. I think they were trying to get struggled. the struggles out of him. They're like, hey, let's. This is a game that hopefully we can do this. Yeah. Another question here: Why aren't they playing more man to man when they play a less athletic team? And that is a great question. What you know, would you say? I mean, it, you know, they, they were in more conservative zones, and when that pass rush doesn't get home, the quarterback there's, there's gaps, yeah. big gaps, there's especially gaps. over the middle of the field. Yeah. And the last two opponents have capitalized yeah. on that. Yeah, Eric Janander has to address that because teams will just keep attacking. And what's crazy is like when he first got here, like he was known for dialing it up and being aggressive and throwing all these different blitz looks because uh, they had to to make up for their lack of a just straight traditional pass rush. And so maybe they think that we have O'Shawn Mathis, we have Garrett, Garrett Nelson, we have Caleb, Caleb Tanner. Garrett. We don't need to get creative. I think they need to. I think they need to start dialing some things up and get more positions involved in that pass rush and be more on the attack as opposed to just sitting back and trying to play a like mini prevent because that has not been working whatsoever. No, Got a, go ahead. Sean. Another um, question common here. Um, did Casey Thompson, he wasn't throwing um, a very good ball at, this week. What'd you guys think of his ball? I thought that was all right. I mean, yeah, win the medical tent, but what was it? He got his bell run. Yeah. So when he came into the post game, he had a big ice wrap on his left knee left, and left definitely shoulder. on his shoulder. It was his left shoulder. Yeah. So you have to be careful on that because he's a right hander. It was right. on his left shoulder and left knee. So, and you know, you also got to keep in mind, he said that he was dealing with some cold like sickness. He didn't know quite what it was coming back <clears> from <throat> Ireland. So uh, he, he was one of the, one of the players that was kind of a little off as Scott Frost put it uh, Frost this had week. Chest cold this week too. Hey, yeah. you had one great. I did too. Frost, you know? Frost, he had a chest. My cold. daughter, I mean, and she, she was, didn't have COVID. So, I mean, there, there was stuff going around yeah. in general, I think. So add that to, you know, maybe part of the deal, but you know, I thought in all he was, he played fine. Hey, I mean, there's a part of this that we have to at least acknowledge, and that is the hangover from Ireland, which... We got home at 6.30 in the morning on Sunday. Right, and Frost addressed it. Now, Frost said, he goes, look, look, I don't want to use this as an excuse, but it was. he said it was a weird week. Yeah. And... I'm not. I'm not going to do that either. I'm not going to. I'm not going to excuse Nebraska for that first half because they chose to play that game. I mean, like, oh yeah, it's plausible though that they could have had the they buy. Were, they were a little off, and they, that contributed to some of this, right? Right, yeah. a little. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's undeniable. I mean, I'm a little off this week coming back from that that trip. Like, it just took a while to get readjusted with the the jet lag. Um, I learned again, I was reminded that jet lag is a very real thing and I can't imagine playing a football game and sitting on a plane for eight hours and then having to get right back to work the very next day. Like I would be a little bit off as well if I were in those shoes. So I, I understand that part of it. Um, you obviously can't use it as an excuse just because that's, I mean, you, you, yeah, you chose to go through yeah, this whole deal. There's a difference between an excuse and a reason. Yeah. Right? I mean, I don't think it's an excuse. It's a, it's a reality. Yeah. Reality. What else you got? Uh, another comment from Andy. Uh, can we talk about the trickle down effect? Wyatt Lieber had the knucklehead play where 
they almost touched the punt that was blocked. Jeez. Oh, yeah. Then the refs made their entrance, uh, killed the momentum. Grant and Wymaster kind of fought over that kickoff return, and, if you know, they fumbled it and they fell on it. I mean, just some of that stuff. Because mm-hmm. you're right, Andy. Those are, those are great points you make. Um, that just kind of knocks the mojo out of everything when you have – you know, moments like that where you're like, God, we might have lost the ball on this play. And you know. yeah, special teams to today weren't great. They were, I mean, they missed, you know, Leaf of Timmy Bleak yeah, Road missed a 37 yarder, which took the wind out of the crowd sails in the first half for sure. They could have gone up 10 0 there, mm-hmm. had a little more breathing room. Mm-hmm. He missed it. You know, and, and you know, you know what the feeling is, is here we go again. Um, but then he came back and atoned. Nailed a what was it a forty something six forty six yeah it was forty six yarder in the second half. Yep. The special teams again not great. I, I, what would what did you give them, Sean? Grade wise, what do you? Give uh, I'm teams? finishing grades right now, but what uh, would you give? I've them? got. I was debating between a B and B minus. I'd go uh, B minus because. Um, Why Blake, would you give it? A, well, a punt. Bushini, Bushini, Bushini had a good game, awesome. and they partially blocked a punt, but Bleak Road missed. Obviously, a key field goal in the return game with a non-factor, right? Yeah. So, B minus. If um, if Wyatt Lever turns the ball over there, then it's a different story. But that was a, I don't know. So here here's one thing. What so that? I'm a I'm a Giants fan, and the Giants have a return guy, but they had a guy by the name of uh, Damian Harris. Yeah. I don't know if you remember him. He had the long like yeah yeah dreads. Uh, he would do this thing on punts where he'd be rolling like that, and he would just run up to it and like like hit guys to like try to get somebody to touch the ball and it would drive me nuts every time he did it. And so like, I wonder if like that was part of the reason why Wyatt was in there trying to like bait the, the North Dakota to they touch the ball. It. But like the ball was like basically rolling dead. Like I don't, you gotta have some. Awareness. Okay guys. And the- I'm Alex Rodriguez and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal each week. You're here is in conversation with business icons this show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. I got to bring this one up. Chris Lowe. I don't think it's Chris Lowe from ESPN, but Chris Maybe Lowe. Maybe. Um, thank oh, you, Chris, for um, tuning in, but... What did you guys think of the attempted squib or whatever that was? And yeah, I think it was a it was not an onside. No. And, and Frost even he made a point. To I say think Frost was gonna make Frost was gonna make a joke, but I think maybe he's like, ah, maybe people won't think it's very funny. Yeah, yeah. Well, Frost made it a point in the post game to say that was not an onside. It was a badly missed squib kick. And they do what was the situation? Frost they were kicking from situation. the they were on the fifty because it was right off the personal. They foul gave up five yards of field position for like. Okay, that's right. Vaulting or something. I don't even. It was a personal foul. So they chose to take it on the kickoffs. They were kicking off from the fifty with the wind at their back. So I mean, you could either pooch it there and they call a fair catch. They get at the twenty-five, or you try a squib and try to, you know, create some confusion and and maybe get either a bad return or who knows even a fumble. But uh, kick that the guy. The issue is, and I think this was also the case on that onside kick call. Uh, they're not kicking the ball where it's supposed to go. I mean, Frost said as much. Like the ball's not supposed to go directly at a guy's head. 
<laughs> he said he's glad it wasn't a free kick in soccer because otherwise it would have gone off the goalie's face because uh the ball was supposed to go to a certain gap and so uh missed his mark they're missing brandon frankie is frankie's had a rough had some issues on the blackjack specialty kicks like <laughs> now he could he could he smoke the ball off the tee yeah. and you know he he put him in the end zone when he needed to but as far as these like specialist kicks He's struggling with those, yeah. and it's making Nebraska special teams look bad. Yeah. All right, let's see Good what question. else we got. We got Brian Jackson brings up a great point. Third down defense has been really bad, really, for five years. They they got to get it figured out, and that goes back to what Robin said. You know, if the four-man rush is not getting home, and it hasn't been getting home consistently, can they dial up more blitzes? Can they play more man-to-man? And and have they played much man to man? I don't know. I'd have to look at that film. I don't know. And I don't want to act. Yeah, I'm not going to pretend like I'm an X's and O guy because I'm not. And but yeah, I, I could. They're not. They're not getting home. I'm smart enough to see that. Well, the fact that that Mathis and Garrett have two sacks between them right now that you wouldn't have you would have anticipated a few more than that. Or more, just more general disruption. Yeah, I mean, just pressures. Right. I mean, they've gotten home a couple of times, yeah. but it's been few and far between that they've even put heat on the quarterback to make him uncomfortable. And I think that's the bigger issue. And if you're not doing that, it's going to be just like Northwestern, where you get you know mediocre level quarterbacks suddenly looking like all Big Ten players because there's zero pressure in the pocket, and you're playing this off zone defense to where you're just giving them the inter- short and intermediate routes and. You know, the teams are going to be playing going forward are going to be too good to do that. Yeah. So they you they have Purdue. to attack. You saw Purdue. They have to attack. They yeah. have to apply pressure. And again, that was a, the hallmark of Eric Schneider's defense. I mean, oh. a lot of that had to do is there's more leeway because their offense was scoring so many points at UCF. But I think you have to get back to that to an extent where you can't be so passive defensively and just hope that you can win the one-on-one matchups with your edges. All right, Ryan Foster has a – um, great point question here. Does the staff not trust anyone to return punts? Seems like the returner's hands in the air before he even has time to observe anyone's close. I think some of that is when you're in punt safe, mm-hmm. um, you keep people up mm-hmm. uh, to play the fake. Um, and let's face it, when they're around midfield punting, you're not going to get a return. No. I mean, because that's what I think that's today that was largely Nebraska the has yeah. to stop somebody back deep, yeah. right? To they get a return, they're not getting stops early enough to have right. returnable. Punts. They had two and they had two return guys back on the first punt, right? There was kind of like said a, that. I didn't see, I thought there was a guy kind of up in the shallow area, maybe I didn't notice, but Rob's right today. It was just a matter of. Oftentimes, the wind too out of that. Oftentimes, yeah. yeah. Oftentimes, North Dakota's punting around midfield, and you know Oliver Martin's back. You know he's standing at the ten yard line. Probably not going to get a return. That's yeah. that was the issue today. And you can you know that when Oliver Martin's back there, there will not be a return. He's, he's there to catch the ball. Yeah. And Isaiah Castaneda is that way to an extent. I think he has a little bit more leeway. When Trey Palmer's back there, they're going to try to run it back. So that's kind of how you can gauge how aggressive they're going to be in the return. More topic here uh, from Grant about the play calling. Do you guys think that Whipple and Frost will work together moving forward? Like Frost controls the run game and Whipple controls the pass game? Seems like Frost was calling uh, some of the plays. That's from Grant Johnson. Thank you, Grant, for the question. Here's the deal. Who cares? Right. Find something that works. I mean, (laughs) here's why I don't think it's a big deal. We remember we always had this discussion. He's a good play caller. Yeah, we always had this discussion with Pelini and Papuchis. 
or Pelini, Carl Pelini and Bo Pelini. And there was no answer to it. There's no answer. Who's calling the plays? There's really no answer. They're both calling the plays. And they don't even in, – in, I bet you Whipple and Frost, if you said, okay, in the, in the third quarter on first first down with seven minutes to go in the quarter, who called that play? He, they probably said, I don't know. One of us did. I mean, they, they don't – there's a conversation that goes on in the headset. And – you know, the play call comes out of that conversation a lot of the times. So mm-hmm. I, I never worry about it. It's not – it'd be hard for those guys to identify who's calling the plays in certain situations. Now, there's certain situations where I'm sure they could, but um, it's it's a collaborative prop, – prop. it's largely collaborative. But the question now, I guess there is this, is who swings the final hammer? Mm-hmm. Now, it was always Pelini. He – they Papuchas would tell – I think Papuchas told you that, Sean, that – Bo swings the final hammer. Um, because I always remember that quote. Now, who Big swings the final hammer? Who swings the final hammer here? Yeah. Th- that's the question. It w- you'd think it'd be Frost, right? As the head coach. You'd think. Yeah. And I think that's kind of the 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 marriage that they're trying to figure out right now yeah. is you know who is gonna have that 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 final say when it comes to this is what we're gonna call in this situation. I think it has to be the head coach. Like I would think everything so. is on. Scott Frost's shoulders right uh-huh. now. And so but, but here's it's his the thing. program. It's, here's it's, the thing, Rob. Does does Whipple take this job if he doesn't yeah. swing the final hammer? Yeah, gosh. He's I, a 65-year-old guy who's been around. Would he take the job if if he knew, well, the coach is going to undercut me at times, the head coach? I don't know. It's a tough one. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised that – I mean, I know he called the plays from the sidelines at Pittsburgh, but I'm surprised he's not up top. Like, they don't, to my knowledge, have a coach up top in the offense um, from the full-time guys. Mickey's down below. Yeah, Apple Riola's White, Riola. So, there's nobody up in that top booth other than – Yeah, no, the full-time guys. That I, that I, unless Apple – I'm pretty positive Apple White's down below too. Um, so, that, that dynamic surprises me that they don't have – somebody like that up top if frost is going to be in his role down below whipple would make sense to me to be up high to see things better because um who's seen that for whipple i mean yeah. his son i'm guessing his son is up top there's there's a i should have looked closer today when they came there's up. there's analysts and ga's up there i think you can make it work with that but it's on it's really rare um it's really rare um to not have a full-time coach on your staff up in the booth i mean I, i've never seen it before okay yeah. And I mean, I guess you got to wonder if there's something to that. I know that Whipple has talked about in the past. I found an old story uh, from back when he was at Pittsburgh where he likes that personal connection uh, with like the quarterback in particular yeah, to be able yeah. to, to not only just get the plays in, right. but to get a feel for what the quarterback's feeling, right. what he's seeing, and just have that eye to eye, face to face communication. So I think that's where they see the value of having him down there. But I, I agree, Sean. I think it's it's unusual that you wouldn't have at least one full time assistant being the eye in the sky to be able to see a you know a different viewpoint than everybody else. I don't know. I, now, the one thing I'd add is I don't know if it needs to be a full time assistant. I, I don't make the distinction as much as you guys are. If you have, uh, if you have, yeah, a- but certain only certain people can be on headsets. You're yeah. only allowed you're only allowed um, an X amount of heads. There's a headset rule because of Nick Saban because he, he was hiring okay. like. Okay, well, that's interesting. He was hiring like all these ex coordinators. Oh, man, would have like 35 guys. They'd have like headset. 35 coordinators on headsets. <laughs> so that there, there is a headset rule okay. of who's allowed to be on and not. And they're probably pushing that one too. 
Yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> They're on probation. <laughs> when is we don't know this, but when, when will that probation? When will that prob- Frost got one. You got set a week. Yeah. Is that right? Who knows? Maybe they'll do a Big Ten championship week. <laughs> do it in November. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, okay, that leads me to the, the dynamic because people are talking about this. What? That October first deadline, mm-hmm. when when the Frost contract changes. I mean, it got really real after the Northwestern loss. And in our message board, the Red Sea Scrolls, people kept talking about how much you know the buyout cuts in half again in October first. I mean. That this is a real topic that's going to be brought up, obviously, you know, every week until we get in October, and we're we're a month away now from that. Yeah, I, yeah, now, I this is what I wrote. Now, it's harsh, but it feels like Frost is hanging by a thread right now, right? <laughs> uh, I mean, it really He's does. Hanging. I mean, at halftime, we thought this could be it. Yeah, we we did. Like, a lot we, of people did. That was the conversation in the press box. This could be it. So now next week. I guess it could be it. I mean, I'm kind of going yeah, into it's it the that same way. situation. Yeah, it's I'm like not, survive in advance. It's one of those things where if you win, Literally. it means nothing. If you lose, it could mean everything. Yeah. Well, yeah. they're double digit favorites in all these games, too. I mean, double digit favorites don't lose. They shouldn't lose. So going go ahead, Rob. Going back to your October point, it makes a lot of sense, obviously, because of the bio, but two, because of the schedule. I mean, the fact that you have Another Big Ten game, and if you know, Trev's always talked about being competitive in the Big Ten, so you get your homecoming game at home against Indiana, uh, coming off the heels at Oklahoma. That, what date's that? That's October first, and then Hello. then you got a short week on the road against Rutgers. Now, then you have a bye after that. No, no, you don't. It's about Rutgers Purdue, so you got kind of a, a two week, two three week window there, where Purdue, that might yeah. be the proving ground for for Frost, assuming. Nothing crazy happens against Georgia Southern. Right. You know, Oklahoma, that is what it is. But I think those that three-game stretch to start October could be the defining point that if they do something mid-season, which I'm Trev, still I'm still hesitant to say that they will. Nebraska never fires people in season. Trev, Trev has to think they'll be two and two going in Indiana, and then that little three-game stretch. Yeah. yeah. And they have a bye after Oklahoma. Um, yes. that, that Indiana Rutgers Purdue stretches. Yes. Listen, I mean, I hope I can verbalize this. That's what we're paid to do. Um, <laughs> the, the is it should it be just this thing where it's a game to game evaluation? Where I feel uncomfortable with that is you want to see more progress than than this situation where in this game to game yeah like should he survive will he survive or not i don't know i i don't know what trev's thinking i'll tell you one thing i'll tell you one thing i've talked to a lot of people who don't who don't want him fired that now now you I just don't, don't hear from them on the internet get killed on yeah, you, simple i'm resting. not saying that's me <laughs> i'm not saying that's me but i hear it from people now what i would say is i'm i'm really I just don't give it much of a shot the way they're playing right now. Yeah, I mean, right now to find what five more wins, six more wins, you know, that's it's, it's getting tougher get and tougher to, to do. I mean, especially even after today, it's it's tough to do at this point to to have them get into that point where they need to get to a bowl game and win a bowl unless, game. Like unless we just are not giving enough credence to the idea that they can get incrementally better and that those increments get pretty large maybe we saw the offensive line make a big jump in the second half maybe we'll see the defense make a jump you know um 
you have to leave Maybe. open the possibility that team, the team will get better with all these new faces. Like yeah. we got to go back to what Casey said. They're trying to gel with a lot of new players. I think under normal circumstances with a coach who's not on an intense hot seat, maybe you would give this team more grace. Maybe the columnists would be saying, hey, it's not going to come together that fast. But under the circumstances, nobody's saying that. But it's year five after four straight losing seasons. And Trev set this up to be where it's at right now. He took took the $25 million buyout, got it to 15. Then said on October 1st, it goes to seven and a half, and he cut his pay down by $1 million per year. He pretty much said, yeah, you probably should be fired. We're not going to fire you, but we're going to significantly reduce your buyout and your salary. And one of two options. I mean, you can be Jim Harbaugh and come out of the hole like Jim Harbaugh did last year, or we know what's going to happen. And, you know, he. he, But but what's the difference here? What Michigan do against Washington? Early last season, they throttled way late them. They way late them because they're they physical. Lose, they didn't lose to Northwestern. Yeah. They didn't barely beat an FCS team. And what hardball? I say barely because again, you can't. You got to emphasize they didn't. They didn't subdue North Dakota until six and a half minutes remained. In the game, and Harbaugh's rough season at the was again in that COVID year where they didn't play all their games, yeah. and they had the president that was you know, anti playing football. I mean, that scenario in 2020 for Harbaugh, just even with his administrational backing, that president got fired for, you know, inappropriate emails, um, Mark Schlissel. um, And he was like the the ringleader of not playing football in the big 10 in 2020, which that decision alone should get you fired. Hey, I mean, come on. I mean, it was pretty, we go back to all, but yeah, Harbaugh came out of that after that 2020 deal. And they look, Michigan looked pretty good today. I know. Yeah. But see the difference, though? Michigan came out of it and went 12 and 2. Okay. Nebraska just edged out North Dakota. <laughs> yeah, if they get five more wins that feel like today, I mean, this is not going to work. No. I mean, yeah. it's got to be six, seven, eight wins where it feels like you said a, they're getting better. Yeah, Georgia Southern, it needs to look better in the first half. They need to control Georgia Southern. That's, you know, game to game. We'll see what it looks like. We got a Michigan fan on there, Mike Fort, and he goes, "Hey, it's Colorado State. I take nothing from that game today." <laughs> yeah, Colorado State hasn't had a. I don't think Colorado State's had a winning season since 2017. Wow. Yeah, Our boy Jay Norvell, though, they used to be decent. Yeah, I know. When Sonny Lubick was there, like, yeah, many so, years so ago. So now, are some people? Is anybody saying, "Look at, look at Sean, Rob, Iowa, Iowa seven, South Dakota State three, two safeties." Are people going wild in Iowa City? I imagine they certainly are not. What? No. No, they're going wild with. Oh, wild! Yeah, the other way. Yes, yes. No, it's, a lot of the media guys were. I mean, rightfully so. No, like, the the Brian Ferentz, uh criticism is in full force, as it should be. That that was probably one of the worst offensive performances in a long, long time. Yeah, uh, Iowa, yeah Iowa has those sometimes. Yeah, it was funny. They said the when it was five to three. They said the last five to three game was back in nineteen eighty. By no coincidence, Arizona versus Iowa. <laughs> So at least it was on brand. Yeah, Iowa wasn't very good offensively last year, remember? No, but but this is ridiculous. But now they don't have Tyler Goodson to pop off those fifty-yard touchdown runs to make them look better than they are. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. 
Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. Well, uh, once again, uh, thank you for joining us here tonight on the Husker Online Post Game Show. We got 245 people now watching us live, um, so we got a big audience. And first time we've done this, we're going to do it about every week. Um, night games might be a little bit different, but um, if you got a question or a comment, we still got a few more minutes that we're going to work in um, some comments and questions. Uh, thank you so much for all the great engagement, all the great great comments. Um, and if you're new to Husker Online and don't know who we are, what we are. Uh, we are on the On3 Sports Network, and we've got a great deal offer going now for everybody, all Nebraska fans. You can get the first year of Husker Online and On3 Sports Network for $1. That gets you my article, Steve Sipple's content, Robin Washett, Greg Peterson, Abby Barmore, Blake Arney, Grant Hansen, um, the entire team, all the great NIL coverage. And, you know, so, some of the things like the support we get in On3, I mean, this is why we're doing the show right now. We've got great back end support. Yeah. Uh, Trey, our producer, Trey Yanity, um, is in the background, back, background, uh, putting the show together. So, uh, really excited about on three guys and, and what they've done. And, um, they're, they're why we're doing the show right now. Yeah. This is fun. This is fun. I mean, I, I it's good. It, it, you know what we're talking about, like you said, we didn't get a chance to talk about it after the game here. here we're talking about it. Mm-hmm. I don't have to talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> this, this is our, basically we're taking our phone conversation. Yeah. Um, yeah, 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 and yeah. we're doing it on on radio right now. Yeah. Our TV or what are we missing? What did you see any questions that we're missing? Let's see. Missing? <laughs> I know somebody uh, was asking a couple times. This is kind of not about our show or the game, but want to know about future podcasts. We're gonna do anything like this with so players, like like your JoJo deal. Um, that form of NIL, I feel like, has kind of left the building. Yeah. They, Players don't need to work that I mean, hard for him. <laughs> I don't need to work that hard to sell adverts. I mean, th- that's just kind of, I don't know. It was fun. Like the Jojo Doman podcast was so much fun to do. And I texted with Jojo this week. Um, and we got a great relationship, but number one, I don't under the context of what this season is right now and kind of where it could head. I don't know if it's healthy for any player to do a weekly show. Wow. Yeah. Him. I don't know the appearances don't. Yeah, I got a little rough, I'm sure. As oh, the, JoJo the did it every up. week with me. We did yeah. like, I think it was like 18 shows or something. It was all of August, all the way through December. Yeah. Uh, Casey's performance today, uh, not he wasn't as good as he was in the opener, I didn't think. Now, in the opener, through two and a half quarters, he was he was really strong. Yeah. Um, today, I, not bad. Yeah, I mean, he had a couple good throws. That interception was really bad. Yeah. It was one of those instances where you know, you wonder if like he just locks in on somebody. I know, wasn't there somebody? That guy went high to get number fifty nine. Went high to get. It. Yes, it and Frost, Frost or said there was something about like that. They got tall linemen. He has trouble seeing over them, so they moved him out of the pocket more in the second half, and maybe that helped. I don't know, but either way, Nebraska has lost the turnover battle two games in a row now, and that's a big deal. Yeah, they've like lost team... the turnover battle for like fifteen years in a row. And I mean, so like there's been one year. The Mike Riley good season where they won the turnover battle, I think. It's no coincidence. They did. And they that's did. like the only time, but because Polini's teams always lost because the, the way the quarterbacks, yeah. like 
Taylor Martinez was just terrible with the ball. Yes. Like, I mean, well, the ball, I mean, when you run the zone he read in the ball, was. I mean, like the ball, there's just ball exchange issues. I'm not saying he was, but they, they put they, the ball on the ground a lot back they then. They did. And, and I, Tim Beck's offense, you, you did notice that about Tim Beck's offense. It wasn't just on the zone read. They just did a lot of ball handling. There was just a lot of exchanges in the backfield. So that was some of it. But anyway, but either way, he was, he didn't get flaky he threw that interception. You know, it was deep in Nebraska's territory, so it naturally led to a touchdown eventually by North Dakota. But he didn't flake out. He's stable. That's yeah. what I like about him. Yeah, and I mean, he's good enough for them to win. Like he he won't be the reason that they lose games this year, right. which I don't think he will be. And yeah. guys, I got the number here. Thank you, Phil. Uh, Nebraska has been positive in the turnover margin just one time since 2010. Unbelievable. Things I know, I think I know, Colin. There you go. Wait a second. One time they've been positive since 2010 in 13 years and that was that was the mike riley nashville the nashville season right yep 2016 that's remarkable see that's yeah. bad football yeah i mean that that's what that is like you know i i know in this market we overanalyze everything and i get a kick out of that when we do that with the turnover thing where we do charts and try to find reasons what i just say about it is that's just generally bad losing football teams do that right well, it's just losing football, and that's what Nebraska's a lot of. It's, a, I mean, the last six years or so has been losing football, right? Dirk Chatlin did like a breakdown on the Omaha World Herald of like this turnover chart, yeah, and like Nebraska's like turnovers were far worse than like anybody in the country. Right. I mean, it was like astounding, yeah, astounding. Um, how bad they were, and it just doesn't add up. Like, is it the adds up does the pre, does the pressure of this place get no, to these so guys? Don't do the psychological thing. I mean, these haven't been very good. These have, you know. Yeah, because it's 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 on all phases to where not only are your offensive players giving the ball away and not protecting the football, making bad decisions, but your defensive players aren't making plays. Right. You're not making the strip sacks. You're not intercepting passes, yeah. and you know it, it's all the way. It's special teams mistakes that that lead to that sort of thing. So. Um, you know, there's things remember, I mean, it's interesting. We kind of forget what real good football looked like. There was a year when one of those Bullocks twins had 10 interceptions, Josh, 2000, Josh um, Bullocks had three. Imagine right now a Nebraska player having 10 interceptions in a season. (laughs) It would be a shock to our system. We wouldn't even know what to think about it. Now it was kind of a shock then, but, um, I, yeah, it's just changed. Well, then Bo's defense, like in 03, forced like 30 some turnovers. Yeah. I mean, it was, yeah. it was yeah, like really a good. school record, ridiculous number. And by the way, Phil said they were even in turnover margin in 2018, okay. Cross's first year. And ma- that makes sense. They, they played good football down the stretch that year. Even, yeah. I mean, they almost went in Ohio State and won. They almost went in Iowa and won. They played Wisconsin very tough. Well, I mean, I, now I, there's, I'm sure there's some people maybe think we've been too negative on this podcast they did get a 38 to 17 win and that looks good optically for sure it's misleading though i would say it's extremely misleading, misleading. like yeah. you said there was a one score game in the fourth quarter right yeah i, I mean against an fcs you, opponent yeah but i don't know how you sugarcoat but that. they built they can build off this it's, it's, it's but it was a win to build off a win, hey obviously. it was a win and it was the first time in what 11 months yeah. that they won a game that's that's there's something to be said for that. There Just is. to have that winning feeling for a week for the first time in a long time, that can go a long oh, way. Man. Winning, I don't care who you're beating, 
winning changes things. And we're home now. Nebraska's home for a long time. They, they don't go on the road until that Friday night trip to Rutgers. So that's a lot of time in Lincoln in your own bed to kind of re- re- relax, rest, no traveling. Um, I mean, so there is, I mean, I know people are, there is a chance here that they could kind of get together here these next we'll couple of Go back games. to last year too. It's the exact same scenario where they lost the opener. Everybody was devastated. You know, the season's ruined. They win two games that everybody considered meaningless. And then they go in that Oklahoma game and they look like a completely different team True. than they were in week zero. And now the issue was they could never finish any of these games, but they, they had a chance to beat Oklahoma. They should have beaten Michigan State. Those two, two games go differently. You're talking about a completely different season. Yeah. So yeah. that opportunity is still on the table. And Sip, I know you keep saying that you can't slam the door on that. Yeah, you can't leave open because it's still you there. Leave open the possibility for pretty pretty significant improvement. Yeah, you can't, you, yeah. I, I mean, mean you have to be respectful. They, they got to they got to get better in a lot of areas. But you know, the the door is not slammed, despite as bleak as it may look at times. All right, I'm just gonna fire through a few more questions here. Um, Grant is on pace for 1,200 yards. Can he get to 1,200 yards? Is that possible? Yes. Yeah. I think he's running like that. I don't. He doesn't strike me as the type that will be injury prone. Just the way he's built, mm-hmm. loaded the ground. That would be the reason for me if it, if he gets hurt. Right. He he's ran built, a lot though in New Mexico military lane. He carried the ball a ton he's there. Built, loaded the ground. He initiates a lot of contact. I mean, he's extremely. He's a physical runner. He does not strike me as a guy that's going to get hurt. He doesn't. Hey, Thomas makes a good point. Guys, who cares if the score's misleading? Most scores in college football are misleading. We won, right. man. Yeah, that kind of goes back to our point. <laughs> I mean, this, this is the first time in a long time that we're talking about a Nebraska game, and they won. Right. So 11 months. Oh, there's, there's something to be said for that. Who's that said that? Um, who's Thomas. Said, Thomas. Thomas. Well, Thomas I'm glad Dutcher. Thomas gave voice to that. I think that's important. Okay, Phil has a comment here. I don't. He says, I don't think they're running that offense with Clay Helton. So is he talking about Georgia Southern? Georgia Southern's office. Okay. Well, let's yeah. see if we go through here. Any word? Georgia Southern has uh, Buffalo's quarterback from last year. The guy that I think he threw for almost 250 yards against Nebraska last year. So keep an eye on that. Um, I think he also had like an 82 yard punt. Got a recruiting question. And Trey, I don't know if you have the photos here of the Iowa Western guys that were here. Um, that were on the visit a um, couple recruiting visitors here from Iowa Western um, at the game. Uh, let me pull up from the visitor preview here. I'll appreciate Malachi Coleman's outfit there too. Yeah, the, the, the pajama pants with the Timberlands. That's yeah. <laughs> so Nebraska had no official visitors and that's kind of the norm right now. Um, and you know, because everyone does their officials in the summertime, but a couple of Iowa Western visitors were here, two defensive linemen, Ontario Thompson and Quentrell Jamison Travis. Um, they were both here. That's Jaden Doss. Oh. Um, and here's your two Iowa Western defensive linemen right here. Okay. Um, the Reavers. Both these guys offered. So these are some of the key recruits that were here today. Um, and th- once again, this is fun doing this, guys. Like, we've never been able to do this and show these. I mean, I feel like I'm on Big Red Wrap-Up right now because this is what we do on Tuesday night, kind of show the pictures and, and things like this. Oh, absolutely. We have 229 uh, live viewers at 11, at 1030 at night still. So uh, once again, this has been a lot of fun doing this show. Make sure you like or uh, subscribe to our Facebook channel because we're going to do this every week after every game. And you won't get a better postgame breakdown than here at Husker Online with uh, Steve Stipple, Robin Washington, myself, as we'll do this. Um, and Phil once again says, hey, I'm a weirdo, but a win's a win. <laughs> no, you're not weird. That's, that's no, I think that's, there's nothing wrong with being positive especially in today's 
East Texas, um, crap. East Texas, uh, I don't even, <laughs> OU will not rattle Casey. He's played them and put 50 points on them before. That's valid. Yeah. It's valid. I don't think Casey will get rattled. I really don't. No. I'm not saying he's going to play, per- he didn't play perfectly either game, far from it. But he's not, I don't think it'll be, he'll, I don't think his struggle would be because he just rattled. He's 23 years old. He's a grown man. Okay, and th- this is going to come up a lot with names. Matt Would Matt Campbell be a guy people are going to be talking about? If, if Frost is, you know, if, if we get to October, Campbell. Iowa State head yeah. coach. Yeah. I mean, he's naturally going to be on the list. There are a lot of guys that would be on the list for this job. Yeah, he'll, he'll be one of them. He's prominent on the list. Yeah, it's got to be. Let's see. Moving through the questions here. Um, Trevor has a comment and a question. Grant made plays himself. O-line still needs to improve in the upcoming weeks and make it a little easier for him. Yeah, I mean, he did, but the line made the line moved North Dakota late in the game. Yeah. I mean, they were creating holes for both Grant and AJ Allen. Yeah, they eventually got there, but early on, any productive running play was Grant breaking two or three tackles. And actually, and so that was one of my my personal criticisms of him and all the backs against Northwestern was they weren't doing that. The running backs when it was a one-on-one tackle situation, they weren't making guys miss and getting to the next level. So that happened today. And all of a sudden, you started to get a lot more pop out of your running game. So if they can combine that with the type of push we saw from the offensive line, especially late in the game, you got yourself something to work with there in the run game. Alex says, uh, um, where, I lost this one here. Goes. Alex said, Sipple loves Grant because he breaks tackles like a big back. Yeah. Well, Sipple's yeah. a running back guy. Yeah. He's tough. That's what I, I I'm gonna say that a million times this season. He's just a tough kid, um, and that he run he runs that way. Now, not that's nothing to say he doesn't have talent. He's not real fast though. Um, he's not real big, but he's but he's he's tough. AJ Allen, I mean, I like that. I like that look too. I like the AJ Allen look. You can see how they complement each yeah, other. They really do. I mean, they, and they're natural. They're natural running backs. They just know. You know, you can see a running back. They know what they're doing, and those guys. Those guys have a great feel. They have their they have two good ones and maybe more. I mean, you just haven't seen enough of Gabe Urban to know. I mean, we talked a lot to Gabe Urban this summer, and he was he really, looks the part. Yeah, he looks the part. He really wants to be good. I'm sure this is difficult for him because he wanted it. I'm going to throw this out here though. They don't make a lot of contact with the backs in in practice in certain in terms of tackling to the ground. And one of the scrimmages for sure, we know he didn't go. They, they let him rest. So how how do you get a true read on Gabe Irvin when you don't tackle to the ground? And unfortunately, he got in the game, and, and it was a very limited picture that he got today. Very limited. And he, yeah, and he has said he told me that he told on three that he's a rhythm runner, and he it's he said it takes him a little bit sometimes. Mm-hmm. In fact, he said he was just finding his rhythm last season against Oklahoma. And on that play, he injured his knee. He was going 50. Oh, he had a huge hole. Yeah, I know exactly going, the play. Yeah, he was going 50. And he felt like at that point in that season, he was just starting to find it. Now, again, I bet it's frustrating for him because he's just not – he's not getting an opportunity to find rhythm. Yeah. But he got beat out. Yeah. That happens in, that happens in and, football. He and got you know, beat it's, out. It's he unfortunate, out. but it's the reality. I mean, yeah. the, the Scott Frost and the staff can't worry about – keeping people happy no. they worry about playing the best guys or give them the best chance no, to win and here's the thing sean you and robin you know this anthony grant won the job in the spring essentially remember didn't we say coming out of spring we think grant's the guy ramir had a good spring at times but it felt like grant was the guy right so it's not just a recent development grant grant 
came out of spring one and, and then went into August and won it again. Mm-hmm. Now goes into the season and, and kind of starts to pull away a little bit. Again, we didn't, ne- we didn't necessarily see it coming that AJ Allen was going to be number two. Yeah. That's, that's the bigger surprise by far. Mike Gilmore, and this is why Nebraska fans are the best. They're they're astute. And they notice things. Said, "Hey, I thought the offensive line looked better with Latoski in at Ooh. right guard Ooh. over Bando." Ooh. And there was a pretty big. Now Bando's got that big cowboy collar in on his neck. So does was he? Is he kind of have a neck or head injury that something way wore that? But there was one the the big sack that the offensive line looked their worst. I mean, it came right through Bando. And I, we'll have to see now. Husker Online will have the pro football focus breakdown in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my pre church homework. So I got to get home, get some sleep, and then get that up before I hit yeah, 9 30. I got a 9 30 mass deadline, and we got to be out of the house by 9 10. Yeah, I got a fantasy football draft at 10. So you just get, get your work done. We got pro, you'll be now. You you write for two, or, Tuesday. I'll write tomorrow. God, here's me. I got to write for Sunday and Monday, bro. I know you do. I'm back. I know you're back. I, you're giving me Sunday off, which I, I haven't had off in 30 years. So I'm pretty happy about tomorrow. I'll read your guys' work. Don't worry. Thank you. Well, guys, we're, we're in over an hour. We, we pro, we're we going to wrap it up now. Um, we got a little bit more work to get done. Um, but that was fun. The comments were great. Um, seems like everybody enjoyed it. We still have 230 people watching us right now. That's awesome. Um, so, really, really good numbers in our first show. Uh, make sure you like and subscribe to the Husker online YouTube page uh, for um, all of our great content. Greg Peterson does unbelievable work with the video camera. Trey Yannity, our producer um, behind the scenes, has put some unbelievable things together for us as well. And check out Husker online. Um, We are new to the On3 network. We've got a great promo deal going. One year, $1, no strings attached. Um, it's the best deal you're going to get out there and you're going to get Steve Sipple, Robin Washup, myself, our entire team, all of our content that deals for all Nebraska fans. So check us out on our new Husker online home sip, Robin. Thank you very much. A lot of fun guys. Uh, make sure you check out the website, more great content coming on huskeronline.com.